Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Back to more Braves talk. It's our Braves preview show on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. One hour down, one hour to go here on the Braves preview show on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Take until 2 o'clock uh, when March Madness will be coming through your radio. More Sweet 16 action this afternoon. Andy Bunker, Caleb Johnson, and Joe Patrick here with you for another hour. Talking more Atlanta Braves and we started the show at noon talking about some of the news of yesterday. And the reason for that is the news of yesterday kind of solidified what the opening day roster is going to look like. Haven't spent a ton of time talking about what exactly it meant that Bryce Wilson got optioned mm-hmm. as well. I know, you know, one of the big competitions we were focused on in spring training was who's going to have that fifth starting spot until Mike Soroka comes back. Kyle Wright got optioned earlier in the week. Okay, Bryce Wilson won. He won the job. Great. And then Bryce Wilson gets sent down again also. What happened there, Joe? Why did they do that? So this was one of the most fascinating things about this whole Braves opening day roster construction is the fact that they're only going with four real starters on this team and then 10 relievers, which wouldn't have been possible in the past, but now they can use actually 14 pitchers. Uh, and what it looks like they're going to do is what they are what they are able to do is because they have an off day after the first game. So Max Reed will pitch, then there's an off day, then they'll go through the rest of their rotation – and then Freed will pitch again on normal rest, and then they'll throw a bullpen game, and then that puts the rest of the rotation back on normal rest through the rest of that turn. So what it looks like what they're going to do is with the bullpen game, use Waskar Yanoa, who they did stretch out this spring and who I am really high on. I think he's kind of been one of my dark horse guys. And for a second there, I didn't think he was going to make this roster, but I think the fact that he did make the roster really tells you something about what the Braves think of him. Mm -hmm. Um, And then they'll go from there, and it will be really interesting to see what happens when the Braves come around on that second turn. I think right now what a lot of us are expecting is for Bryce Wilson 
to be called up. He cannot be called up until April 11th, I think, is the first date where he will be able to be called up per uh, Major League Baseball rules. But okay. uh, it looks like he will be the guy who would take that second rotation spot. But there is always – I was just mentioning this to Caleb, and he was give, he was uh, Eeyoring me uh, before the show. And I think that he's probably right about this. But, you know, Mike Soroka's lingering there. Uh, you know, and, and, and some people have been speculating that he might be coming back earlier than – the, the 1st of May, which has kind of been the general uh, target date for his return. And if people are saying maybe more like mid-April, I mean, April 13th for Bryce Wilson's first start, that's, I mean, around the time where maybe Mike Soroka could be ready. The thing with Soroka is that, again, we've talked about this earlier in the show, he's not going to be pitching in a minor league games in the meantime. He's not, he's not going to be doing any of that. So it will be interesting to see what the Braves decide to do with him in terms of getting him prepared to actually come into a major league game. It's been pretty quiet about Soroka over the last couple of weeks, as far as, as I could tell. And I try to read as much as, as I can and listen to Snit and all that. Um, but he did he had that he had that rehab game or had that simulated game a couple weeks ago and sounded like things went well. And then I know he had another simulated game and there was some video of it, him covering first and looking pretty good. But in reading, you know, you know, you read the Dave O'Briens, the Mark Bowmans, sure. all, all the folks that, that are that are kind of down there and, and or as close to it as they can be, they've started saying and sort of slipping into their articles, not like, hey, this is what I know about Mike Soroka, but just saying, you know, and then when Soroka comes back in mid to late April, almost mm-hmm. as if it's fact, mm-hmm. you know, not like when we get Soroka back, which we don't know when that's going to be. They've started writing when Soroka comes back in mid to late April, which I don't know, could be nothing. Could be me being a media guy reading into too much of, you know, the stuff that we're reading from Brave Beat. It's reporters. our jobs. Literally. But it's our jobs. It's our jobs. It's our jobs to try to decipher, you know, everything that we that we find out. How did you interpret uh some of those pitching decisions yesterday, Caleb? And keeping ten bullpen arms. That's a lot of guys in the bullpen to start a season. Okay, Ken, at least in my eyes, I looked at it as Nate Jones made this roster and Bryce Wilson did not, which just, I am one of those. This decision does not make any sense to me. I'm sorry. You're just not going to be able to reason the fact that you're willing to go a bullpen game for that, that fifth, you know, fifth time through the second after Max Fried pitches his second game, you're going to have a bullpen game, which means those guys you're really not going to use until that point. So why not let it be Bryce Wilson? Why not why not have Enoa on this squad where he can give you a couple of innings back to back? He can be stretched out a little bit longer if the plan is for him to come in in the bullpen game and be your opener and give you one maybe two innings. Why not just get more consistency from Bryce Wilson as he's had a good spring and it seemed like in the playoffs last year it finally was starting to click for him. I, I've talked about it many times on Batter Up, the fact that I think Ian Anderson being a part of this team was a huge reason for Bryce Wilson's success because Ian Anderson just came out there and, and it was kind of like, I'm the man. I'm confident. I'm going to pitch and it's going to go great. And it seemed like some of that rubbed off on Bryce Wilson in the playoffs. And then to have this... It seems like, hey, let's not mess with the guy's confidence. And then right before the season, oh, he's pitching really well. Yeah, but let's wait around until maybe the second time through. So then maybe we can play this game of, oh, will it be Mike Soroka? Or are we going to wait a little bit longer on Mike Soroka, depending on what the doctors have to say? It's just, I think it's a bad decision. I think it's a bad move and a bad way to start off the year. And now 
you're you I mean you're using an option on Bryce Wilson regardless. So why not wait a little bit longer? I I just I don't know. I question this move the most. So I, I mentioned in the first hour that I felt like this roster is primed to for a trade or for a move. And I think that this roster construction is evident of that. I, I, and the guy that I'm really looking at right now is Sean Newcomb. Awesome. Sean Newcomb's a guy yeah. who obviously, uh, you know, was involved in a huge trade and he was supposed to be the next, you know, one of the next big things in this Braves rotation. Never kind of turned out into that guy. He has turned into a, a pretty reliable uh, bullpen arm. At least he was in 2019 um, after he was sent down when he, you know, failed as, as a starting pitcher, but I wonder if other teams still think that they can get that starter out of him. And he did start just the other day in spring training. And I just wonder if he's a guy where you don't want to option him because you don't want to use up one of those options because it keeps his trade value a little bit higher in this market right now, where teams I think are still trying to shuffle around and do deals to get themselves set up for the season. Well, That's, oh, sorry, go ahead. Caleb. No, it's fine. I was just going to say, we talk about, you know, Braves wall street. Who's who's rising and falling. He's a guy who has been a penny stock at one time. Yeah. And I think he's kind of rising now. Yeah. I think his stock is as high as it's been in a while. And that's what, I mean, it's, it's perfect that you talk about him being a, a trade option just because, Hey, his stock is as high as it's been. So why not make a move for something that you're in need of more than, than what he brings to this Braves team? Let me ask you this though. Is his stock high as a reliever? Like is Sean Newcomb viewed as a, as sort of a middle reliever for a team that would be trading for him? Or is that because Sean Newcomb wants to start, right? I mean, he, he said as much recently this spring that he wants to be, he still views himself as a starting pitcher in major league baseball. He's going to accept what his role is with the Braves. And he's been quite good at it over the last couple of seasons. But if you're a team that's trading for Sean Newcomb or, you know, who knows one of these other prospects that failed to make the opening day roster uh, at some point this season, are you trading for Sean Newcomb as, as a starter? I mean, I, I think that that's where teams will look at. I think they will want if a team is interested in trading for him at this point in the season, I think they will be interested in him as a starter. If you're looking for a relief help that probably honestly teams I don't think are going to, you know, bend over backwards to make those kinds of deals until later in the season when they get a better picture of what their, you know, competitiveness, competitive landscape looks like in whatever division they're competing in. I definitely think that Sean Newcomb is being looked at as a starter by other teams if you're looking at him, you know, as a trade asset. And it's it's a, just a really interesting situation for him right now with the Braves because he's a good arm. Like we said, it, it, you know, he's, he's pitched well. Brian Snicker it, it, Sounds blown away by him every time he talks about him after he pitches, which again maybe is trying to boost up that trade value a little bit. Like, have wow. you heard? Have you heard Snick wow. talk about players that play for the Braves? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Exactly. That's how he yeah. talks about all of them. Um, yeah, but uh, you know, and so I think that you know. Sean Newcomb still has that trade viability out there. I, I don't think that it's quite gone for him yet. And I could see a team being like, yeah, we can be the ones that can get that starting pitcher out of him. Yeah, I agree with you, Joe, in that other teams are going to look at him as, at a minimum, he is a bullpen arm. But, yes. hey, maybe we can turn him into a mm. starter because mm -hmm. not every team is as lucky as the Braves are right now with their starting pitching. Obviously, the Braves, you know, to start the season last year looked like it was going to be really high and then injuries hit and mm -hmm. and they went all through all kinds of struggles but for the way that the Braves are starting this year and very comfortable at least one through four and really could be comfortable one through five I was just looking at earlier the Texas Rangers are looking to make Mike Fultonevich their number three right yeah. so not every team is as lucky as the Braves <laughs> are and there's going to be somebody who's like I mean whew, 
Our guys at four and five, I got no idea. And so why not trade for a Sean Newcomb and see if he can be a starter for them? And, and I think that if you're the Braves or, or another team, you're looking at a kind of a good combination of what the Braves need in return versus what they would be getting with Sean Newcomb, where a team like the Rangers, let's say, might be willing to part with an older guy who's a better bat, who's not going to play you know, long term for the organization and take on the risk of, you know, of, of bringing on a Sean Newcomb who is a, more of a long-term trying to build him back up into that starting pitcher that we all thought he could be. Because it feels like, and I know we, we talked about this off the bat in the opening segment, just about the, the bats that the Braves have on their bench right now to start the season. It feels like a trade like that is, is needed. Like mm-hmm. you don't have a, a power bat that you can pinch hit late in the game, that if you need a spot start here or there, you got guys that can play some pretty good defense. Like Ari Adrianza, if he needs to play shortstop for a couple of days, can do that. Second right. base for a couple of days, he can do that. But if you're trying to bring a guy off a bench, you don't have your, your Adam Duvall. You don't have your Matt Joyce. You don't have somebody who you can go, you can insert late in a game and hope that he's going to give you some pop because as good of a job as Pablo Sandoval did of, of hitting the baseball, and the reason he's on the team is because he hit the baseball well in spring. He doesn't have power anymore. Like right. that, that, that's not there anymore. Adrianza's never had power. He's like 15 home runs in his entire career. Uh, Alex Jackson does, but are you really feeling comfortable pinch hitting Alex Jackson he late, hit the ball late in game because he can't hit the baseball? <laughs> and when he hits it, it goes far. He just never hits it. And then Ender Enciarte is your fourth outfielder. Which, yeah. if you pinch hit Ender Enciarte, like. I don't know what the circumstance would be for that. Like and you, lo- you lost a bet and you have, <laughs> a to, you have to put him in. And the reason why this is all, uh, such a big spot, too, is because the, these kinds of uh, you know, opportunities for these bench players where the Braves need a big hit in a situation, you know, without a DH, that's when you need this kind of hitter more than an, any other time. So uh, it's really important for them to fill this hole. And I just feel like in order for them to bring in a player like that that they're going to need, I think that a guy like Sean Newcomb is the perfect – you know, profile of peace uh, for them to try to trade away in order to get that value back. What's Matt Adams up to? Is he out there somewhere? <laughs> yeah, big oh, city. No. Yeah, bring Matt no. Adams back again for a big third go around. He can hit the baseball a long way. I don't. It feels like something like that is imminent, though. Mm-hmm. Like over the next couple of weeks, and I, I like the theory about Sean Newcomb maybe being the piece that leads to that. Um, maybe it is a free agent you just sign, but. Only having four guys on the bench who combined last year in 350 at-bats to hit two home runs does leave you scratching your head just a little bit. I do want to come back and get back into that top end of the starting rotation, though. It, understandable yep. to argue about Newcomb, or no, not Newcomb, about Wright and Wilson and these guys that were competing for a spot. Let's talk about the guys that weren't. <laughs> the Max Freeds, the Charlie Mortons, the Ian Andersons, and the question marks with him. We'll get into the Braves rotation coming up next and whether or not they're underrated. We'll be right back. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. This is where Braves fans come to get the latest. Oh, it's all for real. It's the Braves Preview Show on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Couple segments left for us here on the Atlanta Braves Preview Show on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Andy Bunker, Caleb Johnson, and Joe Patrick. Here with you until 2 o'clock this afternoon. When we're done at 2 o'clock, people can still follow Joe and Caleb on social media. They can still tune in tomorrow, right, at That's 3 right. o'clock for the Batter Up uh, podcast on Facebook Live. 
Let the folks know how they can stay in touch with you guys as the season is just a couple days away. Joe? Yeah, I'll be on Twitter uh, at jpatrick200 is my personal account. I might do some more tweeting uh, from the Braves games through the 92.9 account as well, so at 929 the game. And then you can check out me and Caleb every Monday uh, on Facebook Live, as you said. Uh, we'll take your questions. We've got, we've always got a rundown to talk about, but we're always you know prioritizing anybody who jumps into the chat and wants to talk. Yeah, that's always the most fun part of those Facebook Lives is – you plan your show out. I, I do the one with, with uh, Conti and, and Longshore on Thursdays talking Hawks. But like 80% of the show becomes just reacting to the questions you it. give yeah, to people, which is great. It makes it way more fun. It's more interactive, and people can tell you you're dumb and all that stuff, and it's really great. <laughs> well, uh, I was about to say, Andy, also we, we've kind of, I guess not made a big deal about it, but we're kind of like P. Diddy where we, we've dropped the P. We dropped the podcast. Like, we're just batter up. Yeah, yeah. Since we are on Facebook Live, it, it feels, you know, we're, we're not quite in that podcast form because we can answer people live. Okay, yeah. So I'll, I'll just describe you guys as the batter up crew. Sure. It doesn't matter. I threw it. I threw your, I threw your, you off a little bit. There. No, you didn't. You didn't. I, I'm trying to, I'm it's trying not to a brand. It's a lifestyle. Yes, exactly. So okay. that's good. You guys are definitely <laughs> encouraging people to tune in. That's for sure. Uh, all right, let's get to the rotation, um, which feels like it's in pretty good shape, especially when you talk about where we were uh, 365 days ago, or I guess less than that because of the gap in games they didn't play and all that. But when the season started last year, all of the, the wishes and hopes that the Braves were counting on with guys like Fulton Evich and Newcomb and so Cole many wishes, Hamels, it was so, so, so much wishing, so much hoping, and <laughs> so much of it didn't come to fruition. Luckily, Max Fried did. He was ridiculous. He was excellent all year last year. He's going to be the opening day starter. We'll start with him. Do you think Max Fried would be the opening day starter anyway, based on what he did last year, even if Mike Soroka was healthy, Joe? I do. I, I think he's the best pitcher on this Braves staff right now. And it, it's shocking to hear Brian Snicker say that he thinks he's made another jump, like another big leap uh, elevating his 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 play from last year, which last year was amazing. He was a Cy Young candidate. And we talked about this last year, Andy, during the season, which is that every time Max Fried went out there to pitch, the team – had to have an amazing performance out of him because they were taxing yep. the hell out of their bullpen in every other game. They had to have him go out there and pitch seven innings of pretty dominant stuff, and he did it. Every single time he went out there, it seemed like he was he was putting together that kind of performance, and I think the Braves won, like I think, almost every game in which he pitched. 13-2 and two 13 in the 15 two. games that he started that between the regular season and the playoffs. And, and, His record wasn't 13-2, and two, but the team's was yeah. in games that he started over the last two seasons, and this is... Shout out to Dave O'Brien for all these great stats that he throws in his articles every single day. Over the last two seasons, they're 35-9 and nine in the 44 games that Max Fried has started. And I, I know that they're, you know, wins for pitchers and all that. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the team winning games when Max Fried starts the game on the mound. 35-9 and nine is pretty good. It's pretty solid from your number one starter. That's what you're looking for. Well, and I think there are also there are guys on this Braves team who I expect some regression from. Just because, look, I, I don't know that Freddie Freeman can win another MVP. You know, I just, I think there are sometimes there are those guys who are going to fall back a little bit. I don't, can, I don't consider Max Fried one of those guys. I think he's a guy who, look, he didn't win a Cy Young. Why can't he in 2021? Mm -hmm. I, I just, mm -hmm. there is that level of talent. And I think with him being the number one this year, he'll get that respect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that'll be interesting to see how he develops this year is I think the one one of the things that he's focusing on to make himself a better pitcher, um, not just for his own accolades, but also to make him a better piece for the Braves 
is to be more efficient, to to get through innings quicker. He's a guy who's, you know, your classic like strikeout with the with the fastball curveball combination that he's got that's so devastating. But sometimes that kind of repertoire can run you into some longer counts when mm-hmm. when thing when you're not hitting spots and things like that. He's seems to have done a really good job so far this spring of inducing more early contact that's, you know, not hard hit. And I think that if he can do that, if he can just stretch himself out, he can pitch more innings, that will just give so much more production for this Brave staff overall. And I think that it will help this team, you know, as they navigate through the season. Yeah, I, I think I'm probably right now just going to describe efficiency with different words um, <laughs> since you just talked about efficiency. But we, that should allow us to see him pitch deeper in the games like if he's able to because he can strike guys out he's Mm -hmm. got an amazing he might have maybe not the best but one of the two or three best curveballs in all of baseball um but you know you you get you get nibbly around the corners and you try to get overly fine and you end up throwing 15 20 pitches in an inning and we know what the Braves are going to do they're going to monitor these guys pitch counts they're going to monitor their innings and they're going to be really conservative with it like you can yell about it if you want to but that's just the deal like that's how they're (laughs) going to go about the way that they treat these pitchers so if he can throw less pitches and be more efficient and pitch more innings, that's the best way to get Max Fried deeper into ballgames. It, it is interesting to hear him talk about wanting to be able to throw pitches effectively that he knows guys are going to swing at and make contact with, mm-hmm. but they're not going to be able to do anything with them. It's like, all right, so you're so good now, you can throw a fastball in a place that a guy is going to weakly ground out. Okay. Exactly. Good. Yeah. Okay. That, to, to me, that's the sign of a pitcher that's really grown in confidence where you're not worried about that so much anymore. That's the one, been one of the big things with a guy like Kyle Wright who's come up, and it seems like he's very afraid of hitters making contact against sure. him, that he, he ends up getting into these long counts. And, again, like you were saying, getting too fine. I think that that's really something for Max Fried where if he can get into that rhythm of just, you know, taking the contact, which is a lot like along the lines of what Mike Soroka does. Mike Soroka is very good at inducing that – you know, that weak contact. Mm-hmm. If he can incorporate that into his game, he's just going to really not have a huge weakness. He's also got some excellent defensive players behind him. And with Pache in center field now too, that just mm-hmm. makes it a little bit more easier to a little bit easier to be inducing contact. What about Charlie Morton? Charlie Morton will be the number two starter to start the year. What are your expectations for him, Caleb? Thank goodness he's not Cole Hamels. <laughs> I mean, I, I think it's honestly, it's a point where you brought you brought in a veteran guy who you know is actually going to play. Yeah. You're yeah. actually it's going to nice. you're going to be able to depend on nice. him. And I, I, I think he's one of those look, you understand he's not the same guy that he was three, four years ago. And that's okay. I think there's nothing wrong with him in this current you know, in this current rotation being the number two until Soroka comes back and then maybe sliding down a little bit, but He's a it's one of those he's a serviceable guy. He's a veteran. He's a guy who is going to be in the I don't know, in the locker room with the guys and can help them work on little things and just that the veteran presence that you I feel like every team kind of needs. Mm-hmm. And so but it's also nice to to have that and know he's healthy and and dependable. Yeah. yeah. Like veteran presence is is great. But when it's not productive, it's you know what I mean. Like the Hawks just found this out with Rajon yeah, Rondo, right? Exactly. It's like, a, great. That's he's, the I was thinking of. He's old and he's nice, but he sucks. Like they have to get well, rid of him. And that's the thing is when people start falling back on, oh, such a great coach, such a great coach. And I'm thinking a 19 million dollar coach. No, I don't yeah, want that. No, I mean, yeah, ha- having Cole Hamels around last year to slice orange slices up and give guys pet talks <laughs> was pretty cool. But it'll be nice to have Charlie Morton actually on on the field. I got I to tell you, Morton was a guy who was not really on my radar. To be perfectly honest 
this, but once when he when it was announced that he was signed, it makes so much sense on so many levels. As you know, being a former Brave, being the veteran presence and all that, but also very shrewd kind of money ball esque type of signing, I think, by Alex Anthopoulos here to bring in a guy who was looking last year like he like the like the arm was done. You know, like like the the mid nineties fastball was not coming back. He was not throwing that hard. But, you know, of course, last season was a quirky season, and that velocity did indeed come back at the end of the year, and I think that that's what gave uh, Anthopoulos the confidence that he would be a guy that's worth taking a flyer on, and I think that, you know, that's going to that, – that appears to be the guy that they're going to get this year, where he's already sitting 95 in spring training, um, just kind of baffling hitters. Uh, he looks like the guy who's going to be everything that, you know, we all thought Cole Hamels was going to be last year. Um, and so he just is a perfect fit for this really young rotation. He's also led baseball in uh, batters hit in four of the last eight seasons. So I love maybe, it. maybe Charlie Morton will you know, be pitching inside and getting guys uh, off balance that way. What about Ian Anderson? Is Ian Anderson the, the biggest question mark in the rotation? If not, I guess maybe the guy after him is. W- what are your expectations for Ian Anderson, Caleb? Wow, the fact that you say question mark, I was going to say he he is the guy I'm probably the most excited about just based on what he did at the end of 2020. I expect more in 2021. I, I think we, we, you know, we talk about all of the guys that the Braves went through who were like, hey, maybe this is the next guy. Maybe it's Kyle Wright. Maybe it's Bryce Wilson. No, and then it, it turns out it's Ian Anderson, who is, who's a guy who – his first two starts against the Yankees and Red Sox, and he looked better than the guys he was facing against the in, uh, you know, who was pitching against the Yankees. One of and them Red was Garrett Cole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and so I think it's it's a moment where, okay, you know, maybe we're not putting the Cy Young award on him, kind of deal. But I'm most excited about him because I think there is that more room to grow, and we're just going to we're going to see him make more starts. And it just it seems like the pieces are there. And the number one for me is just confidence. Mm-hmm. I I put so much stock into a guy who's going out there and it's like, hey, I'm going to throw it there. It might not end there, but I, I'm confident enough in myself that I'm going to hit my spots instead of where we saw guys pitch last year. And it was kind of like, ah, I hope it gets there. I, I don't think that's going to get hit for a home run. I don't really know, though. And, and just having that. As another guy, I think he's being undervalued because with him being, what, third or fourth, wherever you decide mm-hmm. you want to put Drew Smiley, is they're, they're ranking, I think Fangraphs has the Braves rotation as like number nine best in Major League Baseball, and I think that's low. I think they're much higher than that because not enough people have seen Ian Anderson. And I think that's a big part of it, right, Joe, is just the fact that he, you know, he's only started a handful of games. He's a young guy, came up in the middle of the year last year, Looked phenomenal, but I mean, if there's going to be any question mark, it's just because you haven't seen him do it all that often, yeah. right? Perfect situation for him, I think, just in terms of when he came up. I mean, it's, it's it's very nice to be able to come up and not have to pitch in front of a stadium of fans for the first time in Major League Baseball and really get your confidence going, and I think that he was able to do that last year. Again, it was a small sample size, but I don't think that, there's no real reason to think that that's going to drop off at any point, and now that he has that confidence kind of under his belt, I think that's really going to help him as he's still you know early in his Major League career, but as fans come into the stadium, things like that, I don't think he's going to be flustered because he has that confidence that he gained last year. Only about a minute left here we'll talk more about Soroka in the final segment when we do some over under numbers and predict and predictions uh but what about Drew Smiley Drew Smiley is is going to be the four starter he's a veteran as well he's looked 
up and down in spring training, but his last start looked pretty good. What are you expecting for him, Joe? I am very high on Drew Smiley, much higher than pretty much everybody I talk to. But I just think that when you look at his career, basically all of his bad numbers are around an injury. I had to do with an injury. I think he's behind that now. I expect big things, bigger things than anybody's projecting from him. And, you know, you referenced the number nine projection uh, of starting rotations in baseball, Caleb. I think Drew Smiley is going to be one of the reasons why they're higher than that. I'm going to go complete opposite of you. <laughs> My hot take for the year is Drew Smiley is not on this roster by the end of the year. Wow. I How just, soon? I, I that's June? See, that's difficult to put a to put a date on just because I don't know how bad he are how quickly he's going to be bad, but, <laughs> but his I, badness is inevitable. Yeah, I think is it's one of those moments where you get a couple of bad starts and a good start in between, and then you get to a point where you're like, no, I'd rather see a Bryce Wilson or or something something else other than Drew Smiley. All right, I'm going to ask you guys to put some dates on a couple of different predictions coming up next. Some over unders, uh, some hot takes if you want. We'll close things out next here on our Braves preview show. Uh, Joe Patrick, Caleb Johnson, and Andy Bunker on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. This is where Brave fans come to get the latest. The Braves preview show is on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. All right, final few minutes for us here on the Braves preview show. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Andy Bunker, Caleb Johnson, and Joe Patrick been hanging out with you since noon. If you missed any of it, there's been a lot of good stuff in here. Rewind on the radio.com app back to noon. You can listen back. Um, Check us out that way. Obviously, as we've mentioned throughout the show, uh, Joe and Caleb, the Batter Up Facebook Live show every uh, Monday at 3 o'clock on our Facebook page, 92.9 The Game. And then about 20 minutes from right now, we're going to get you back into some March Madness action. So before we get into predictions and over-unders and all that kind of stuff, is there anything that we have not covered to your satisfaction over the hour and a half that we've done this show. We'll start with Joe. What have we missed? Anything that we haven't gotten into like you like you thought that we should have? Well, you know, one thing that we haven't talked about is uh, we, we haven't talked about the stars. I was like, you know, we haven't really talked about the star players because there isn't really a whole lot to talk about with <laughs> these guys. Say, yeah. You know, like they're, they're so good. I think we all kind of know what to expect out of these guys. But Freddie Freeman has a little contract extension that we've all been kind of waiting to hear. I think uh, some people, myself included, probably would have thought that it would have happened at some point already this spring. Hasn't happened. Um, I don't know if concerning is the right word, but it's obviously not something you want kind of clouding over the team as you head into the regular season. It's so funny because, Joe, this is another place where I'm on total opposite ends with you. I am the least bit concerned about Freddie's deal getting done just because of how Alex Anthopoulos has talked about it, where it's like you won't know what's happening until right. it happens. Right. It's just, they're just going to announce it at mm-hmm. one point because Freddie – just because of his personality is he's I don't think he's concerned about it. I think it's a it's yeah. one of those issues where it's going to happen. He's going to get paid his money. He's going to get around what Paul Goldschmidt got with the Cardinals, five, you know, around five years. Because I think, you know, Freddie is at a point where he's not going to get an eight year deal, or at least if I'm the Braves, I'm not giving him an eight year yeah. deal or anything beyond that. I think five, six years maybe is where it should stay. And it's just going to be super random because it's going to be at a at a point where Freddie's agent and the Braves have kind of, you know, they agree to a number. I don't think they're oceans apart or any issues like that. And I don't think he's going to get a discount like what we saw Acuna get. Right. 
Yeah, I, I'm with you, Caleb. I think it's been handled annoyingly brilliantly by Alex <laughs> Anthopoulos because there's just nothing to talk about. Yeah, like that's there, true. There, there, there's been no reference made to it by anyone, and he got out in front of it by saying, I guess you guys can ask about it if you want to, but you're not going to know about it until it happens, and it's going to happen. And because of the, the guy that Freddie is as well, makes it easier to sort of have that be the, the public narrative. And we all agree. And, and I think that I think at least I am on the same page with you on that. I think it's going to happen. I think Freddie's going to get a lot of money. I don't think he's like trying to hold them hostage or anything like that. But I also don't think it's going to be a, a Ronald Acuna, Ozzy Albies type hometown discount. Uh, but it, it'll happen. It hasn't happened yet, but I do feel confident that it will. What about you, Caleb? Is there anything that we haven't touched on? Uh, enough in this preview show I don't know that we haven't touched on enough I just think there is there is something in wondering about what these late innings are going to look like from the from the Braves relievers whereas before you kind of knew what it was Mm. going to look like when Mark Melanson was there Mm -hmm. but Mark Melanson is now in San Diego and so everyone has talked themselves into Will Smith is going to be the closer that's fine I'm I'm fine He's, he's getting paid closer money. He's been a closer in the past. That's fine. Okay, whatever. However, he's going to have to change roles, which means other guys are going yeah. to have to change roles. And I look, my, my Eeyore status comes back again when I think of, okay, so if he's moving up, that means Chris Martin is moving up. Chris Martin's getting up there in age, and Chris Martin is like a loose hangnail away from being on the injured list or just a grunt too rough of being on the injured list and and pulling his oblique or something. And so I I do get concerned about him. And then what do you do in seven? Is seven going to be something that guys bounce around? Or is a guy like A.J. Minter going to hold that down? Or are we going to have to deal with, you know, Luke Jackson being in that in that position? That I, can't possibly be the <laughs> yeah. solution. No. I don't know the answer to it, except for that that's not the solution. <laughs> But Luke, so Luke I, Jackson I, is in the bullpen. I understand that, but we, he's got to be low leverage Luke again this sure. season for me. But it is one of those where I think names are going to bounce around. Guys I agree. are, are I going agree. to bounce around. I'm hoping that Chris Martin holds down the number eight spot, and then mm-hmm. Will Smith holds down the closer role. But then what if that gets shaky, and then you've got to go AJ Mentor in the ninth and mm-hmm. move you know move around things. I just I don't know that that's a that's a point in the. And what this Braves roster has that that I do put a big question mark on. Yeah, I'm with you. It feels like one of those things, just because there's been other, I don't know if juicier is the right word, but just kind of more obvious competitions to talk about. The fact that Will Smith is just now the closer has been a little bit glossed over this spring training. It's like, okay, now he does that. It's like, yeah, all right, well, like hopefully, or or maybe he doesn't. You know, like maybe it doesn't work out that easily. Well, I I, I want to point out that Will Smith seems to be like it, it's a surprise when he doesn't strike somebody out this uh-huh. spring. He's been absolutely dominant this spring. I've got no issues at okay. all at the back of this bullpen. I think it's the strength of this Braves team. I think that uh, Will Smith he struggled last year for obvious reasons. He had COVID uh, during the the summer training, didn't have his regular time, and when you only play sixty games, you know, of course those struggles are going to. Lose look way worse on and on at the end of the year on the top line stats so i i like this group all right let's get to some uh some predictions some over unders some hot takes before we get out of here we got about six minutes before we have to hand it off to uh march madness we'll start with wins uh over under 91 and a half caleb i'm gonna go over okay i i think 95 96 i don't i don't think this is a 100 win team however right in that range 
is is I'm comfortable with. Okay, I've got to follow up in a minute, but we'll get Joe's over under first, 91 and a half. Yeah, I'm going to go over as well. Okay. I'm going to go with 93, but I'll save my explanation for I think what's coming. Yeah, is that enough to win the division? Yeah, exactly, and I think it is. I think that the, I say 93 only because I think it's going to be a very competitive division, and i got to say that I think the team that is not getting enough credit in this division, not that I think they're going to win it or anything, but the Marlins are going to be a team that wrecks some team seasons. They just have arms that are going to be really annoying, and they are going to beat some teams that they you know where teams expect to beat them and I think that overall you the win totals these teams are very good the win totals won't necessarily reflect that so Savannah used to have a baseball team called the Savannah Sand Nats and that's how I'm going to look at Miami this year they're they're Sand Nats they're just annoying flying around and and they're going to get to you at times as they did last year and so yeah I absolutely think that look I, I think the Braves being over 91 wins I think it'll be somewhere in that 93 to 96 will be enough to win the division. However, look, just because the Mets aren't the same team that they have been in the past, they got new ownership and they've been willing to spend money. I'm keeping my eye on them. I know right now it's, it's mostly hype. It's mostly yes. hype on them just because they've had hype on, in the past. Uh, you know, based, the Mets. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, but you also, you have the best starting pitcher yeah. in all of baseball mm-hmm. and you have, one of, if not the best shortstop in all of baseball, that's going to get you some clout. Yeah, it matters. Yeah, and, <laughs> and so I think if there's ever a team that's going to give the Braves some problems, it's going to be the Mets. But I, I do think the Braves win the division, even though, I look, I talked about it on, on Batter Up, I don't put much stock into winning the division. All right, over-under, sneaky follow-up over-under question here that I wasn't planning on until I just thought of it. Over-under teams that make the playoffs from the NL East at one and a half. I say over. So they're going to get a wild card team in from the division. Uh, and I do think it will be the Mets. That, okay. that, that, that's who I okay. think. With, with Noah Syndergaard coming back, I think they will be strong. And they're not a team I would want to play in the playoffs either. With, I just with wonder if, if just because of the, the gauntlet that it's going to be, these teams beating up on each other, uh, if, if it's going to be possible for a team to win the wild card out of the division. That's true. It's a good point. Yep. It's, just, it's going to be tough. Because the Padres when, are obviously going to be one. You'd have to think yeah. that the Padres and the Dodgers are going to figure it out. Uh, all right, over under 38 and a half home runs for Ronald Acuna. Caleb? <sighs> I'm going to go under. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go under just based on, I think it, it, it seems like we might be poised for a little bit of a slow start. And I want to know how this wrist is going to hold up. And so with, with experiencing him experiencing some injuries at times, they're going to keep him out of the lineup for maybe a week or two at a time. I'm, I'm going to say under. Joe, I'm 38, go, 38 and a half for Acuna. I'm going to go over. I know there's been a lot of 40-40 talk with Ronald Acuna Jr., which he's certainly capable of, but I see him as being over the 40 on the homers but under the 40 on the stolen bases, which is obviously the harder the harder end of that to do. Um, but, yeah, again, to Caleb's point, you know, if, if he doesn't stay healthy, and he has he is a guy that gets banged up, um, he plays the game hard, that could definitely happen. Well, I think at a certain point, the the stolen base numbers are just going to start to go down. Right. Like if Ronald Acuna is consistently hitting mid-40 home runs every single season, you've seen guys when they're young approach 40-40 and be around there, and then they stop stealing bases. Like sure. you get 100 and, This you know, is probably the one season see, he has a chance to do it. I, I think a, that's right. I was about to say, because like – I don't think you can necessarily compare Ronald Acuna to other guys who get older and then are like, yeah, I'm going to stop running. Like, there's just something about him that <laughs> I think is is what we all love about him yeah. is, is the childlike tendencies, and I mean that in a good way, and that sure. he's just 
enjoying the game. I mean, that's why he, he goes down to his home country and he's playing just because he wants to play and he enjoys playing the game of baseball. It's the exact it's the epitome of what you want out of a baseball player. And so look, if he goes for 40 stolen bases, that wouldn't surprise me only because he got so close and missed out on it before. All right, two more. We got to get him quick. Over under return date for Mike Soroka of April 20th, Joe. April 20th, huh? Uh, I'll go uh, later than April okay. 20th. Okay. Oh, yeah. So my bad. 420. It was not meant to be a 420 <laughs> joke. Get your mind out of the gutter. Uh, what about you, Caleb? Before or after April 20th? Push. You uh, think it'll be on April 20th? <laughs> well, I don't know what the schedule looks like, but yeah, I'll go over. I'll go over it because I do think it's it's late April, early May. I, I'm, st- I'm still yeah. kind of set on early May, but I also know – how much the Braves are itching to get this one, you know, to get him back. And so I wouldn't be surprised. It wasn't a 420 joke. All right. Uh, you guys, last words on how far you're willing to go in terms of predictions. What, what, is the, what is the hottest take you can muster about what this season will be, Caleb? I don't know if it's a hot take, but this is another team that's going to be back in the NLCS and, and doesn't make it to the World Series. Oh, I mean, that, that qualifies. That's I mean, a very, my hot that's take a very would be specific they, opinion. My hot take would be they're in the World Series. I think fans are a little bit depressed on their on their uh, valuation for this team or their projection for this team based on this opening day roster. I think this team is set up to, to keep on adding uh, potentially, and I think that they have the experience now. And then what happens when they get to the World Series, Joe? TBD. TBD. <laughs> Damn it. The next step. <laughs> Somebody predict they're going to win the World Series before nope, we go off the air. Not doing it. Be a jinx. I'm doing it. I think they're going to win the World Series. Uh, that'll do it for our preview show. Thanks for being with us. It was a ton of fun. Obviously, Brave season gets underway on Thursday. Coming up next here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, March Madness. Uh, I will talk to you tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. See you. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.